Are we ready? Hello and welcome to Coffee Break. I'm Carlos Rivera, sitting in with Shuri Salter, Joey Dowd, and the always lovable Andrew Hevia. Today, we are going to be talking about Sherry Salter's new film, No Matter What, her first feature film, and the editing process with her editor, Andrew Hevia. <laughs> Thanks, and enjoy. And Kickstarter. And Kickstarter. That's okay. Maybe let's do another intro of <laughs> Sam's music. We're recording? Oh, I've been recording. Okay. This um, is the Coffee and Cellular podcast, tentatively titled The Coffee Break. Tentatively. I'm Joey Dowd. I'm Sherry Salter. I'm Carlos Rivera. I'm Andrew Havia. And this episode, we're going to talk about uh, Sherry's movie, her first movie that she's directed, uh, that she's editing right now with Andrew. It's called No Matter What. And then we're also going to briefly talk about Kickstarter, which will probably continue in a later discussion, because I'm going to post the Kickstarter project, and I'll find out how that goes. So... Stand-up comedian Jessica Gross is also gracing us with her wit, humor, and the pleasure of her company. And so we'll just get into it now. Are we gonna talk? I was talking about when it cut off I was talking about running time right, my yeah. thoughts on like why it should be why I don't care about making 90 minute movies I mean why I don't think independent movies have to be 90 minutes my thoughts on that yeah I kind of feel like um, the movie should dictate its runtime. Right. If it's watchable for two hours and engaging and exciting, it should be two hours long. I mean, if it gets boring and there's a half hour to suck, you should probably get rid of that. Turn down the suck. Well. Um, and if it's engaging for, you know, 72 minutes, then it's a 72 minute movie. But if it's. I had a long time to see. <laughs> I mean, do you think, like. But I mean, the other thing is you need sort of like that, that, that other viewpoint because it's like, well, you think. You can watch a two-hour movie cut of your movie because you're like it's your movie. I think that's why I test screenings. I mean, we're having a rough cut screening in like two days. Uh -huh. That's a critical part because these are people who haven't seen it, aren't familiar with it. Right. Aren't it's like could they sit through? I mean, you can clearly sit through two hours of the movie, but could they sit through? Yeah. Could yeah. someone like who doesn't know? Well, I mean, these are people who haven't read the script, so they may you know. The, the issues that come up with a test screening are, I think, pretty. Pretty basic ones about like intelligibility and clarity, and they'll help us like refine things that we know to be true already. Yeah, so like what this is the first test screen you're doing, right? Yeah. So, like, what where is the film at, and like what are you looking for in this test screening? As far as I means, are you looking for like really big, like, does the story make sense to the characters to work? Like, I mean, really big yeah, things? I feel like I think we both feel like at this point those things do make sense in the cut, but you know, if people watch it and they're like, hey, I have no idea what's going on, then that's clearly something we'll panic about and then address. <laughs> are you just expecting like fine-tuned cut type notes like or i mean is that what your hope your goal your hope is like that there isn't like gaping problems i mean realistically what do i expect out of the out of the test screening yeah i'm going in there or looking what for after? what people say about the first half hour of the movie what about the other 90 minutes i think the, the rest of the movie is is pretty damn complete like there's not much to change i, I think we got a really strong version you of said that damn the first, the first half hour <laughs> is where we set up the rest of those 90 minutes. So if people start talking about things not being clear, I think all that's going to come in the first act. In the first act... I, mean, that's important. I, think, I think that's a good point, because I, mean, I think a lot of the movie depends on the very beginning, if you can capture the people, because then if it's like... Yeah. And I, well, you I don't care also, about the characters, you don't care about anything, then it's like, I really don't give a shit, and I don't want to watch I'm, the rest of this, and like, when's it over? Yeah. Can we curse on this? 
Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. going on. Yeah. The FCC is going. <laughs> We're not putting Can this we on the radio. I am. Um, I read a thing. <laughs> I read a thing that said that um, <laughs> a really like really good independent films. It's like the first half, like the first two acts are really good, and then they kind of lose it in the third act, and then in like really good like or in like most Hollywood movies, like the like first act really sucks, and then the second two are good. Maybe. I but I don't know, you kind of can need that thing where it's like, oh, you need to like this person because you need to identify with them for 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, you need that, I think. Well, yeah. wait, to, to piggyback on what I was saying about the, the first act, one of the reasons, too, why I'm looking for that, okay. I feel like um, our first act right now is the most flexible. We have smaller scenes that set up enough of the story that really if you put A before B or B before A, um, it... it It'll readjust the way information is released, but the rest of the movie is pretty locked in where it is. You can't put scene eighty-seven behind, you know, scene seventy-two. It's not going to make sense. But if we put scene five and scene four and transpose those, it, it'll just change what information you have when you have it. So yeah, you edited while the film was shooting. Yeah, and so I got there. I got there a week late and spent the first week catching up, and then basically they would they would shoot a scene, come back, um, and I'd edit that the next day. And so I was one day behind pretty much everything they did. And then you kind of you put together like a daily thing. Too. Yeah, we'd well we'd watch uh, we'd screen dailies uh, at the end of the day when they got back. Sherry would talk, uh, would mention what she liked. I take notes on those, and then I would try to assemble that. Um, by the end of it, we I got ahead enough that Sherry was able to come watch what I was doing and then give notes on it. Um, but really, it was mostly my attempt to show them everything they had, and it was a really unpolished. Edit. It was it was very much an assembly, mm-hmm. like. Dumped it there. Did you ever catch anything like by doing this process? Yeah. Like, oh, we need to go back and film it. It was really nice, and that was a big part of the reason we wanted to edit while we were shooting. Was so like because of our limited budget and limited time, we wanted to make sure we caught any like pickups we would need um, while we were shooting. We only did it. um, I guess we had um, two two or three shots that we we picked up um, right right at the end of the shoot, and then I guess was there anything like any of the locations we were at multiple days where we were. You got another shot of the policeman in the car. Yeah, we did that. Um, um, like, there were just a couple of really small things, but also it was nice when he was cutting, like, an assembly just to see how the tone and the pacing was, like, coming across. Like, to keep mm-hmm. that in mind when, during the rest of the, uh, well, what, the, rest of the, the well, shooting. What I think it did really well, too, is that right after we finished uh, production, post has, has been, so far, pretty fast-paced. I mean, like, we got back and spent, what, a week, a week and a half, um, just refining that assembly and, and then had a, a watchable cut. Um, after a week of wrapping. Yeah, and after two weeks two after the movie, movie, which is like is extraordinarily quick. Mm-hmm. Um, now it helps that most of the scenes are single takes. Yeah, that's, that's one of the other <laughs> things is that I like to not shoot coverage. Um, so most there are a lot of scenes where it's like, okay, do we take this take or this take? Because it's like one shot for this scene. Um, so I guess that probably uh, sped up our editing time a little yeah. bit. But um, how long is your longest one? Oh God, I don't even know. What do you think the longest? Sherry made a movie once that like was minutes. about seven minutes long. That was all one shot. Only four and a half minutes of it was one shot. Oh, four and a half minutes. Okay. It was um, epic. It was it was on a jib. It was epic. Um, what I don't know what the longest shot in a movie is. Probably like two minutes. Yeah, I mean. On driving, maybe the Superman. <laughs> Sorry, we don't have to stay on it. I was just curious. Um, I'm I'm interested to know. Oh, the other other headache we ran into uh, was syncing all this footage because I didn't have time to bake it. I didn't have time to sync 
two hours of footage every day. There was no assistant. And if I was going to be cutting and sleeping and eating, um, it just wasn't going to happen. So um, I found a program that sounded great but was ultimately too expensive. It was a program called Sync and Link, which allows you to, to basically export. It's not that expensive. It's like $500. <coughs> We're just really broke. That is. Well, that's, I don't know. I think that's expensive. That's a lot of money. That's a lot. But anyway, so what the program does, it basically either, it either Sync and Link. syncs your, your, um, your footage before you edit or we'll go to an assembled timeline and sync to that. Is that um, thing you sent me? No, I sent you plural lines. Okay. That's like that 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 one does multi camera like alignment. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and the hope was that uh, the hope was that plural lines would help you sync, but it's it's not like it's not for a feature. Um, did you record any? You can record audio on the red, right? Like you can have a... Yeah, there's a re there's reference on ninety nine percent of the footage. So you did have. We were able to edit with reference. Yeah. yeah. That's what we edited with. Yeah, yeah, and then we went back like last week and sunk pretty much. Everything. Yeah, while we were while we were refining our assembly. How do you match that? You can match that to like what you cut. Yeah, it's not. You got to match frame, pull up the clip, you know, mark the end, go that's back nice. there, remark, match frame, capture to the end point. I mean, on every cut. Or yeah, that sucks. You can't just like go to the master clip, sync it, and then like have it transfer to the timeline of what. Do you know how to do that? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do we. <laughs> like, there's a $500 program that takes the XML files and does magic, her, or, but it costs no, $500. Please files. email us. How, wait, I mean, like, it would how to do that. take the red and the separately recorded audio files? Mm -hmm. How would it sync? Is the time code sync? Was the time code coordinated? Or? Yeah, it's time coordinated. With the red and the, the, the sound mixer? They jammed it? Or they jammed? I know they did. They were Emily was running off the red. Like I don't. Did you have a smart sit slate? No. No. Joey said. Joey said that we didn't have a smart slate. Yeah. I used it once. I think it was awesome. <laughs> we didn't have a smart slate. Sometimes we didn't even have a slate. Sometimes we just have Matt and Waylon clap their hands. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they don't do that either. Some, yeah. some they're really bad at clapping their hands. <laughs> Big as it on. We let the kids slate a lot. That was fun. They they got really good at it. They were all marker. You should watch it. They were, they were pretty good. They're really good. Slate reel. Tyler got really into um doing extreme slating. Did have you guys seen that YouTube video? The extreme slating. No. It's like what? there's like a ninja slate. Like this guy just like talks about different kinds of slate, and one of them is the ninja slate where you run by and clap it really fast and keep running. So Tyler and Jay started getting really creative with well, the slating. In what case would you use that? You would never use it. It's a joke. Uh -huh. But um. But yeah, I want to see it. I yeah, I don't remember what it's called. It's called like Ninja Slate or something. Uh, Tyler made me watch it and then proceeded to try out a lot of the slating I options. I remember those. Those are um, fun. I have the iSlate app. Oh god. Does it work? It does. He used it on Lucas's movie. I did use it when they didn't. What did I use that for? When we used it in the morning when we were. Oh, we used it as an insert dark. slate. I think. Yeah. It's kind of actually. It's like it has a lot of stuff. Like, it's. I mean, the only thing is, like, with a lot of iPhone apps, it's just kind of tedious to put all the data in. I feel like I just have to write it. But. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, that one was kind of, like, cool, because you could, like, I mean, if you were, like, actually, it's actually, like, pretty good for script souping, too, because yeah. you can put in shot labels and add shot notes and, like, add stars and write shots and time shots, and it's, like, it's pretty, it's, it you gotta, it's just lazy. I wonder if there's one Well, I mean, when you're like, uh, when you're second AC and you got 20 other thousand things to worry about and then you got like your stupid iPhone thing, you're like trying to <laughs> make a changed scene number, take number, so you're ready. Hey, so Andrew, do you want to talk about sound reports? They don't have any. Exactly. They'd be really useful. Yeah. It would be stuff. really useful. 
is uh, you find out that stuff's all handy. Ah, I remember at the, when I got there. It's funny because I got there a week late, so they already started production. And um, that's I was, what happens when you have like a boom fixer. Yeah, well, I was, I was trying to fix, you know, find out where everything was, and I was asking like, oh, do you have this report or do you have this thing? And I asked about sound reports, and the producer looks at me, and he laughs, and he goes, "What kind of production do you think this is? Like, we got money <laughs> for paper? Was it bread or was it? No, it was just." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so sound reports in the end would be incredible. They'd be useful. Did you have? Wait, I guess you've never. Did you have script soup at all? Or? No, script soup. No, we had. So a, did you have any we had a piece of, um, we had a, I have my notes. I think are your files. I mean, you have no paperwork of like when you get the sound files numbers back. or like what? Is there there yeah, the thing is the set the the, the sound devices sound files all came to me labeled scene and take. Um, you know, and I realize this happens over a feature, but there are a handful that are like awkwardly labeled. But um, the issue is finding finding someone without listening without having to listen to everything marked ambience is frustrating. You know, I have to listen to like all fifteen things marked ambience to find out. Oh, that's scene eighty two's background instead of <laughs> scene eighty three's, and it's such an arbitrary like is that in the middle of a trailer park or on the road beside the trailer park? And I can't necessarily <laughs> tell that based on the way it's labeled now. And sometimes you know there are voice slates, but but it makes it more tedious than it needed to be. Yeah. Um, in the end, though, I, I get. I mean, it's funny because when you think about the compromise somebody made on set was, um, is it easier for me to do this now? No, I can't do it. To fix it in post, and it's like every second lost on set is five minutes of my life. Uh, <laughs> but it's not their life, so they don't care. Right. But just think about how many seconds were lost. But I'll, on I'll, set. I'll tell you what this makes me realize: editor unions exist for a reason. <laughs> Doing that, the editor the union would be like, "Oh, well, I'll fucking pay them over ten." Like, all right. I think that's why all unions exist. Yeah, but sure. you know, I could care. Sh- I could give a shit about Iachi. <laughs> and you're a non-union production. But you're complying with all those kid rules, right? Like, what? You had teachers and kid rules. You had teachers. There are rules for kids. We had, you had, you had a teacher there, and they he did was, their homework. Minor labor there, laws. Like for. Eh. Yeah, we're really I'm not gonna say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. We followed everything. They weren't. They were there. They were. So script supervisors. Script supervisor would have been really useful. Just changing their handles. We uh we didn't have anyone on charge of like on, well, on top of continuity, so we had a piece of tape on the monitor that said Wayland's hood is up or down, and we would change it depending on what it should be for that scene. Because there were many scenes where we got into like three takes, and I'm like Wayland, your hood's supposed to be up or down. And he's like, well I don't know, it was up last time, but it's down this one, and I'm like Wayland, to keep your hood consistent, and he would just get distracted and like he's 16, you know. Um. So, no we excuse. have a lot of continuity. There's, on, like, a backpack that, like, you know, mysteriously vanishes. And on videos. that, the danger the danger of having a producer who is also a visual effects and um, oh, right. and digital yeah. painting artist is that every time they would run into a continuity error, he'd say, yeah, I'll fix it in post, or I'll paint it out. Um, There's a shot in the movie where we pan past all of the equipment. Like, the entirety of our equipment for the film is in the shot. And somehow on set, none of us noticed this. And we were going to be at the same location the next day. So we're watching dailies, and I'm like, okay, I guess we just reshoot that. It's like one shot, you know, panning, walk up to a house, knock on the door. Like, we'll reshoot it the next day. And Justin says, no, it's okay, I'll just paint it out. And I'm like, what? why wouldn't we just reshoot it? And he says, uh, you know, it'll take you guys longer to shoot it than it'll take me to paint it out. So um, I'd like to see, We're going to race. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have a side by side him on the computer and, and you guys rebuilding the set. So yeah, um, I don't know. What else? 
Um, so it is your first feature you've edited, right, Andrew? Yes. How was the experience? Was it something this? It's, it's amazing that after three years out of school, I'm finally doing what I actually studied and learned how to do and like why I went to school in the first place. Um, it's a little frustrating that it takes three years just to get the opportunity to do it. Um, but I guess with three years now editing um, under my belt, I almost feel like, I mean, I, I guess I'm of two minds. Part of me says editing is editing is editing is editing. And I realized this with my last job, um, or my, my... What does that mean? Most of my day job, I work for PBS uh, in Miami, and I edit documentary uh, story packages. And what I came to realize is that regardless of subject or content or producer, I'm essentially sitting at a desk clicking a series of buttons. And every once in a while, the producer will ask for something complicated, and I push a couple of more buttons or a different sequence of buttons. But ultimately, <laughs> why are you getting so existential? But ultimately, right that's now? all I do. I just like I just hit a couple of buttons. I don't make decisions. And stuff happens. And and I find that that ultimately this experience is not that different. The choices I have to make are slightly different. And the decisions I make, the buttons I push are different. But but if you step back at all, is this how you view editing? Yeah, that's <laughs> how I do it. Um, the act, act of editing is it sitting in a so chair. Well, I, mean, I think that's any act of using the computer is you sitting in the chair pushing buttons. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, he obviously does not care no, but, much about the but, size and stuff. But, but how, do I, how do I explain to my grandmother <laughs> what I do? Well, I sit at a desk and I push buttons in a series of you know, no, you edit complicated movies. patterns. You arrange 24 hours of footage into a story. But that's, that's not... I mean, there's so many different ways that's done. And yes, there, there's... Like, yeah, essentially, you asked Andrew, how is editing a feature? Wow. And Andrew says, well, what I realized is before I was pushing buttons, and now I'm just pushing buttons again. So <laughs> I've spent the last three years working up to push different types of buttons. Which... But I thought it originally sounded like, oh, I finally got the chance that I've, won I've wanted for three well, okay, years. Look, now. look, I, I prefaced <laughs> that with... But now he realizes, I, no. I prefaced that. that life is cyclical. I, I, I prefaced that with the idea that I'm, so a, I'm of so. two minds about it. A part of me realizes that ultimately it's not that different. I think you've been working in Avid too long at PBS and now... <laughs> well, that's a, that's a third conversation. But the, the, So the second mind is that, yes, it, it's different in that you have to convey... Uh, the, the problems you're running into are different. The continuity error, errors are different than... This, but do you find, given the length of a feature-length film, as opposed to a small segment, that if you you know spend a lot of time looking over the same footage, trying to pin down you know one specific thing that you don't like, you know it's easy to lose track of what the ultimate goal of the film is. Or I'd say it's a lot easier. Feature? It's a lot easier to watch a six-minute segment uh, four times in one day and then make changes. Um, in fact, when I edit six-minute packages, I tend to watch, uh, at least when I edit my own, I tend to watch them a lot and refine mm -hmm. them and work mm -hmm. on them. On a feature, we've watched it three times in its entirety. Yeah, I was always wondering, because you yeah. can't just, like... Um, we went scene by scene, and we would watch each scene, like, over and over, but, like, to watch the whole thing from beginning to end... We yeah, I mean, that's like, you have to, like, yeah. designate, like, we yeah. were going to watch the movie. That's, yeah, and then, it's, so, it's, it's like, much more important, I think, at editing a feature, and this is an actual answer to your question. Um... To, to see both big picture and small picture and realize that like while we can spend hours and hours and hours working on this one scene, you have to step back and ask, do we even need the scene? <laughs> like, is this is this really gonna you, know, you can get lost in details. Have you asked that a lot in this film? <laughs> yeah. Sherry, I don't know about this movie. <laughs> uh, do you need it? <laughs> um what I mean what's different? I could just press a button and it's all gone. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've done that once. Um, 
thank God for autosave. Um, what, what's really nice... What, it's really nice to have um, a lot of time to build into it, but it's... It's neat, because I mean, we're still doing this at a, at a hyper-quick pace. I know people edit features for, like, you know, two years. We're not doing, we're not those people. Um, yeah, but, well, so, I think that's a real, but, like, that's a little extreme. Isn't the well, but the idea, the idea of being married or involved in this one project um, for such an extended period of time is amazing to me. Um, but I guess it's like building, you know, a giant house or or a shopping mall or, or a condo or something like that. Like these projects take forever. Extreme home makeover <laughs> builds a giant house in one week. I push buttons. So <laughs> <laughs> you just compared my movie to a shopping mall. Well, there was a. I, uh, <laughs> It's like being in your teens and starting a family, you know? First you think, what do you think being in your teens? Yeah. <laughs> there was, um, one of, one of the film studies essays I actually did read in film school was in a book <laughs> about film. In the blink of an eye? Um, that and, a good one. And the, the philosopher described film, the closest art to film is architecture. I, mean, um, I totally agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that completely, and I feel like it's as an editor... I think he said that. I've done, like... It's always fascinating because I always thought like <coughs> if I didn't go into film, I'd probably do architecture. And I did like a, like a just casual survey of people at film school too and other people. And it's like there's a surprising number of people, like a high number of people where it's like, oh, architecture. It's like I wanted to go to spy school. Spy school? I wanted to be a sniper. Sorry. But no, I have seen like an architecture time and voice thought. Yeah, well, that's, that's I feel like so I, I I don't think it's that ridiculous to draw a parallel between building a building and building a movie. No, definitely not. In that so many ways like, you have to worry about, you know, whether or not the roof is gonna collapse and kill everybody or you know the middle of the movie is going to fall apart I mean you're building things and I think as an editor so much of your job is sculpting the cement that's a better answer <laughs> make it sound like you have like more of a purpose like <laughs> than pushing buttons I don't know is, so it, like is a, it more like you know, molding cement or like clay <laughs> I think that really depends on the kind of movie it uh, depends on the time frame the kind of movie well, I feel like if cement. If Sherry didn't have such a particular idea of the movie she was going for, she would have shot it in such a way that it would be more like Clay. Sherry knows what she's going for when she shoots it, knows essentially what she wants when she shoots a one for the scene. There's, it's, like, it's not that flexible. There's not that much I can do to that. Mm-hmm. I am inflexible. I can, I can, I'd say cement in that sense. Uh. Where, as opposed to like, well, there are 50 ways I can cut the scene. Well, sometimes I can, and sometimes... I gave you one shot. Yeah. But either way, you have to keep it moist before it hardens, and you can't change it again. Very important to keep it moist. <laughs> before it hardens. Oh, okay. Joey. Yeah. Do you think we know enough about Kickstarter to talk about Kickstarter? Since you got your I Kickstarter invitation I was thinking today? about talking about it. You got a Kickstarter invitation? I did. Um, this guy where he's like, hey, first five people who give me money on my Kickstarter project get a Kickstarter invite. That's smart. How much did you give him? Like... Well, I give him a dollar, and then I'm like, oh, he's giving me an invite, so I feel kind of bad, so I give him ten. I don't, think it's gonna get, I don't think it's gonna get funded though, so. <laughs> okay, Kickstarter for Jessica and everyone else. It's a. Um, pretty Joey abuses his power daily. Whatever. It's a pretty smart funding <laughs> website where you post a project. Uh, right now they're in like limited beta, you have to get an invite. You post a project, and then. You're like, oh, I need to raise five thousand dollars so I can um, like edit my movie or like I make this movie. Isn't that sort of like Indiegogo? 
It's. I think it, it's better. I, I like sort of saw Indiegogo, but I didn't really. I don't know. Indiegogo, but, like I have an Indiegogo account, and it's just like people can donate shows. money to me here, but like. Right, but it's, it's a it's, Kickstarter. Uh-huh. And then you kind of create levels. So you have a total project goal, and you're like, I need to do it by this date. And then you have levels. So it's like, oh, if you give me five dollars, you'll get this. If you give me twenty-five dollars, you get a copy of the DVD. If you give me fifty, you'll get tickets or something. Oh, wow. So you come up with like different fundraising levels, and people give money, um, or they pledge the money, but then it's only funded if you get your goal. So like. If you don't raise enough money to make your project, then you're not going to get the money. Like, you're not gonna, no one has to pay anything. Right. And if you do raise the $5,000, or whatever you set your goal at, then it pulls from everyone's account who pledged, and then you get the money. So it's kind of like low risk on some people's ends, because it's like they're not going to give money. It's like, oh, what if I give the money and the project doesn't happen? So it's like they only give the money if you get the money. So there's an insurance policy built into make, this whole thing? I mean, of course, there's no guarantee that... I mean, like any project, it's like a little risk, but it's like a pretty smart way. And it's well, I mean, if you're going to get a t-shirt for giving 50 bucks, at least you'll get a t-shirt. Right? That'd be a damn good looking t-shirt. Yeah. But I mean, like, it seems like, it seems good. like there's It'll been be a lot like of success with, uh, with, with Kickstarter. Uh, yeah. Like more so than with um, people. I think because it's like affiliated and there's like an umbrella, it's more. I think because it's like affiliated with something, there's people are having more success doing that than like just putting their individual like. PayPal donation buttons on their yeah. websites. I mean, like, I have a PayPal donation button. I've gotten some money from it. Um, Was that mostly just friends and family? It's, it's, all, it's all been, like, friends and, and family, like, uh-huh. people from film school and stuff. Um, and, you know, I'm still getting money from that um, occasionally. I mean, this has um, a bigger platform. But it's, it's sort of, like, spread, spread out, yeah. you know? But, like, with Kickstarter, it's, like, you define what you need and how much money you need to accomplish it, and then... I feel like people, you know, people can just be browsing the website and think, oh, that's that's an interesting thing. I'll I'll give a dollar to that, mm-hmm. and like it adds up, because a lot of a lot of the films that have been on there have been successful in in meeting their goals, and some of them even like exceeding. Yeah, I've seen some know, where it's gone way over. Like there. Putty Hill, um, just uh, is just premiered in Berlin, but um, their goal was like ten thousand, and they like I looked yesterday, and they had just gone over twenty and they had like you know 12 hours to go i think they're they're done now but like they got twenty thousand dollars yeah that's amazing like, i mean they, they premiered goal. they premiered in berlin and like they got a lot of like press and everything and they're playing at south by but yeah. um you know twenty thousand dollars just from people donating like that's amazing but, i mean we we're talking about this today how we like because we're the post on ted hope's blog where it was a write-up on this on beijing it? taxi beijing taxi and they successfully she needed to raise money for wasn't south by southwest premiere yeah but it was like, like finishing funds, basically finishing funds. But it was like she posted the project and then got like some response when she emailed her friends. And then she's like, when she mentioned that it was premiering at South by, then she said everything poured in. So it's like, yeah, oh, you need the film to premiere at a yeah. Film I think I guess you just need the exposure for people to like know to go and look for it on Kickstarter. Yeah, I mean, I guess that also with like off projects, it's like definitely better when it's like, oh, well, this is guaranteed to premiere at this thing. So yeah, yeah, it's that like adds, more it also adds a legitimacy. Yeah. If South by picked it up, at least it doesn't suck ass. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, that's also, I think, the whole, ass like... ass is a number one killer of independent film. <laughs> it's not going to get it anywhere. It sucks ass. It's not entirely true. Kicks oh. ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Define sucking ass. Oh, wow. Uh, I got a couple Define movies for you. Don't name names. <laughs> that movie. Name names. <laughs> um... Can you invite people to Kickstarter, or do you have to have? A I got five invites. He's gonna invite me. And then you're going to invite. Oh my God! Do you want me spreads to invite like virally. <laughs> Joey's gonna invite me too, because we're all copying. So, so Joey, what are you what are you using your Kickstarter for? 
I'm using it for my documentary. What's your documentary called? Bots High. What's it about? <laughs> it's on BattleBots, the former TV show where robots used to fight each other. Um, it's on high school kids who built BattleBots. What are you specifically going to use the funds that you want to raise with Kickstarter to do? Um, well, so I've been following them for a year, the different high school teams, and then it leads up to a national championship in April where hopefully uh, they kind of had a little late notice posting the actual fight date. So hopefully enough schools from around the country will come. It's going to be here in Miami, and then they're going to have this national championship with bigger robots, big arena and fight and so that one you know like right now I've just been filming with like me and my camera but like that one I'll need like multi cameras so I need money for crew and cameras and to film that and do it right do you want us to make you fake tattoos of my robot to pass on no, you can be like come that was stand up comedian just like a gross right there pledge a dollar and you can fly down here on your own dime for just a gross with tattoos <laughs> oh you should use that as one of the rewards on your, on your yeah, Kickstarter I'll do it wait oh, what you, cause on you'll Kickstarter, get a box eye tattoo if yeah on, on Kickstarter you set like you know yeah, you get a free levels. copy of the movie or like on, on like on some of them it's like the director will give you a tour of the shooting locations in the town where you shot it's at like the $5,000 level yeah. usually but like you could do at the like $100 level free hand drawn tattoo by comedian Jessica Gross <laughs> That'd be a good thing to give out. I'm gonna just give away all the. But props like, wouldn't they have to come movie. here for like? I still have them. I have my, I have hubcaps. I have my skateboard from when I was 16 that Matt uses in the movie. I will not give away this. Yeah, I feel like cup. I was this looking at favorite coffee cups. Other Kickstarter projects. Four hundred thousand dollars. You give that away? I'd have to think about you it. You better <laughs> give that away for hundred thousand. Just fly to Montana. My favorite coffee cup. Thank you, and give it away for you. <laughs> and collect your money. We will end you. But yeah, I was looking at other Kickstarter projects and fictional films. Definitely have that advantage where it's like. You can talk to cast. You can, like, get props. Where it's like, I, you I don't. You can give people bots. Give them, give them robots. Have those high robots. school kids well, build we're robots. Talking about robots are start, expensive. You know, no, but you should make little like one eight, one eight scale replica yeah. models. Action figures. <laughs> micro machines. I will, I will make you miniature robots. At the we should do our our outro. Did we do an outro? You can find out more about. The yeah. films that we talked about today at www.stayglorious.com and also at... And botshigh.com. Yes. And, of course, the main website, coffeeandcelluloid.com. Dot com. And Carlos Rivera Film And jessicaisgross.com. Anybody else? Andrew? Not anymore. Wow. Artstreetmiami.org. What a loser, Andrew. <laughs> you don't have a website. Bump yourself. Bump yourself.